0: I'm wondering if you've ever experienced a time in your life when either willingly or unwillingly you found yourself far from home far from everything familiar essentially in exile maybe you went away to summer camp and it felt like you were a million miles from home maybe you went on a long trip and felt so far from home For months now, we've been following the plight of basketball star Brittany Griner, who was far from home, held captive in Russia. Until this week, the Russian government released her in a prisoner exchange with the United States, and now Brittany is with her family again. And I wonder how she felt during those days when she was in a woman's prison, colony in Mordovia conditions there they say are bad with with slave labor and even torture imagine how during those weeks Brittany yearned for home and how the remaining Americans held captive in Russia and all over the world places where people are held captive how they yearn for home still have you ever yearned for home sometimes exile happens to us against our wills and other times its self-imposed we choose it when I was 22 years old I jumped on an airplane and flew to Seoul Korea and lived there I fell in love with Korea that beautiful country and I became a Christian while I was there but at the time That wasn't my plan. I was just running away from the pain of some difficult growing-up years. And I thought that if I got far enough away from what was painful, then the pain couldn't catch me. (laughs) In Korea, I chose self-imposed exile, missing home but needing to stay away for a while. Have you ever removed yourself from your familiar life and gone someplace far away from home where you knew not one soul and lived yourself in a kind of self-imposed exile for a while? Maybe because home didn't fit at that time for you anymore. Anyway. Whether exile is forced on you by others or chosen, self-imposed, we all suffer when we live in exile. And today we hear about the Judeans suffering in exile thousands of years ago in the late 7th century BCE, long time ago, many of the people in the southern kingdom of Judah were taken from their homes and carted off to another country, Babylon, and they had to spend upwards of 70 years there, far from home, and they suffered. Imagine how they yearned for home, remembering and missing every little dear and familiar thing about their long lost place in the world. Imagining all those different kinds of exile, what would be the best possible news a person in exile could ever, ever, ever hear? Help is on the way. You are not forgotten. Good things are coming. Your suffering will be replaced by joy. God will come and save you. And this is the news that we hear this morning in the 35th chapter of Isaiah, read by our beloved Lisa Yang. Words of comfort to listeners that are in exile, refugees, captives, who are weak from suffering. And these words that they hear are words that describe the suffering of the body. weak hands, feeble knees, fearful hearts, obscured vision, hindered hearing broken bodies and silent tongues that expresses the suffering and the news is this here is your God he will come and save you God will strengthen the weakened bodies and the speechless will sing for joy help is on the way in this passage from Isaiah, even the, even the ground, even the land comes alive with human feelings. The wilderness and the dry land shall be glad. The desert shall rejoice and blossom abundantly and rejoice with joy and singing. That's what the land will do. Nature recovering from a drought shows us again this new hope. We hear how waters break forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert, like this morning. The burning sands become like a pool and the thirsty ground springs of water. Relief and refreshment and delight. So Isaiah tells us that restoration will come when God arrives to set things right to take a stand against injustice violence and all the suffering in the world and suffering is something that people in this world know about we see our brothers and sisters living on the streets and sleeping on the front porch of our church and the doorways at night and our hearts go out to them, and that's why so many of you work hard to make food for them and cards and bags and gifts, because you know that there is real suffering. And it's a crazy juxtaposition in this city where we can enjoy the charm of 7 and 8 p.m. fake snow at the Grove, while our unhoused friends can see their own breath and struggle to make it through these cold nights that's suffering so how do we move from a world with this kind of suffering and injustice to the amazing hope that we hear about in isaiah well isaiah tells us more about it beginning um with these beautiful words isaiah says a highway shall be there and it shall be called the holy way no traveler not even fools will go astray so we hear that a road is opening up a road where you can't get lost and then he says no lion shall be there nor shall any ravenous beast come upon it they shall not be found there but the redeemed shall walk there so hear that we're gonna be safe on this holy way safe from lions safe from bandits all kinds of dangers whatever danger makes us feel hunted and afraid and where is this highway how do we get there where do we find it well it becomes visible to us the trailhead of this holy way when we open our hearts to a new kind of relationship with god because god who is home has always been there waiting for us to see. And it's a home, God is a home that the Judeans neglected and rejected because they ignored God and then that landed them in all kinds of physical and spiritual exile. So how do we find this home that is God? Step one is finding, is starting to pay attention, enabling us to take the first step on this path as explorers. So we're stepping out on this highway, we are explorers, and, sorry, just a second. There's a wonderful writer named Cynthia Bougeau, and she says that ancient mystics, they weren't really special people with a special relationship, God. They were explorers of God, explorers of God states of non-separated consciousness. How's that for a complicated idea? They wanted to be close to God. That's what they wanted, and so they explored how to get there. So let's be mystics like that. Let's be explorers of what it feels like to not be separated from God, traveling on the road with God instead. Now, the Judeans, all those thousands of years ago, they missed the entrance to the highway. (laughs) Instead, they got, all focused and attached on the wrong things on wealth and on idols and on status and this is behavior that frustrated and even angered God and we fall into the same traps we get distracted by all those things as well and it clouds our minds that it swallows up our time our precious time so what what God cares about most isn't just our good behavior, following all the rules. What God really wants is our attention, our connection, our hearts, our love, our attachment to God in the best sense. The Christian path, the Christian road, the highway, and this is Bougio again, is practicing seeing where we get attached that isn't God The things that we get obsessed with whether it's our phones or whatever and then learning to let go of those attachments it sounds very Buddhist doesn't it this letting go of harmful attachments and then when these attachments are cleared out of the way we feel more and more closeness to God we start to feel God everywhere as Julian of Norwich says the fullness of joy is to behold God everywhere, in everything. In everything. Because, as Richard Rohr says, the Christian journey is about traveling into our true self, which is life with God, eternal life with God. So there's a moment at the end of John's Gospel when it's the night before Jesus dies and he says to his disciples, you know the way to the place where I am going. And Thomas claps back, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? And Jesus says, I am the way, the truth and the life. In other words, he's saying, I'm the holy way, I'm the highway, togetherness with God always. And this is the promise that Isaiah gives us this morning. And he gives it to the Judeans all those years ago, and he gives it to us too. He says, the ransomed of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with singing. Everlasting joy shall be upon their heads. They shall obtain joy and gladness, and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. Nothing short of a new world order, a new kind of humanity made up of people exploring a closer relationship with God. And this newer, truer relationship, it changes the way we see the world, how we serve and care for others, and it makes us incapable of tolerating injustice anymore. So every good thing begins when we start traveling this highway with no lions <laughs> this holy way this new place to call home on the road where everlasting joy shall be upon our heads and sorrow and sighing shall flee away so let us rejoice and here's the latin word for rejoice gaudete you want to say it with me Gaudete. I'm going to do that again. One, two, three. Gaudete. Amen.